What's up, everybody? Daniel Young here. I know it's been a long, long time since I've made a podcast episode, but I'm back with these little five-minute segments. This is just a thought, uh, a food for thought. So with that being said, this is mind-blowing to me. So I'm going to hope and assume that the Lord uses it to minister to you all and and teaches you something about his word, which is ultimately how he teaches us about himself. So the question of the day is, how were people in the Old Testament saved? What made, for instance, what made Cain and Abel saved or not saved? What made Moses righteous? What made Noah righteous? Because in the modern church, oftentimes we're not taught the truth of this aspect. And I'm not saying that it's intentional, but I think it just arrives because we don't dive into deep. But the reality is that what I'm about to tell you paints one of the most beautiful pictures of the gospel that I've heard recently, and I couldn't help but to share it. So, the way that these Old Testament saints were saved is pretty, pretty miraculous. So, in Genesis, I believe, 3.15, we have what is called the Proto-Evangelium, which is the promise after Adam and Eve's sin, where God declares to them that the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. And that's paraphrased. But it's the first promise of the gospel. It's the first promise of a Messiah who will come and will save humanity from their sin and will crush Satan's head and he will bruise his heel. And how is Jesus bruised? Just a side note, through the cross. And he's only bruised because he rises from the dead. Satan's head is crushed because, as we know, he never recovers. But to continue on from that promise... We see that as Adam and Eve have kids, you have the seed of the family of faith, which begins with Abel. And then you have the seed of the family of sin, which begins with Cain. And you see this with their offerings that they bring to God in their story. So, and I'm going to get to the, to the answer here in a second with this analogy. But as we see, God asks them a sacrifice. And Cain brings a sacrifice of grains and different stuff like that. And Abel brings a sacrifice of a lamb. In other words, Cain brings a, brings a sacrifice of his hands, of his works. While Abel brings a lamb. And some of us, including myself, we used to think that that what happened was is that we were made, or is that Old Testament saints were made righteous through sacrifices, right? Because we hear about the Levitical priests offering sacrifices on Israel's behalf, and that's what made them righteous. But is it really? Is that what made them righteous? If you were living in those times, and you were an Israelite, and I asked you, Hey, why do you believe that this offering of a spotless lamb makes you righteous? And you said, because I believe that the lamb's blood makes me righteous. Strictly the lamb, just the animal portion. Then you are no better than a pagan. 
pagans believe the same thing. It's not the lamb that makes you righteous. It's not the shedding of just that lamb's blood that makes you righteous. It's what the lamb points to. And what does the lamb point to? It points to Christ. All of scripture points to Christ. And some of you could say, but how could it point to Christ? Christ wasn't crucified yet. But you need to understand that God sees all things from eternity. And from eternity, his son has always been crucified. So Abel offered the lamb as a sacrifice, which is to say that he was looking towards Christ for his righteousness. And Cain offers a grain offering, the work of his hands. And as a result of that, we see God talks to him and says, Cain, sin is crouching at your door, my friend. You know, repent and believe the gospel, essentially. And what does he do? He does the opposite and he goes and he kills his brother. So that's the first aspect of the gospel that, well, I guess the second after the Proto-Evangelium that we see in Scripture. And here, this one is even more mind-blowing. Is in Noah's day, Scripture calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. And that's really interesting because nowhere in the story of Noah do we ever read saying that Noah went to the multitudes and, and preached a sermon. So what is Scripture talking about? Well, in order to understand what Scripture is talking about, we have to look at the whole reason for the ark. See, I always grew up believing that the reason that the people of earth perished from the great flood was just because of the normal sin that they were living in day in and day out. And obviously sin separates us from God, no doubt about that. But what sin condemned them completely? Well, Scripture says Noah's a preacher of the gospel. Well, how did he preach the gospel? He preached the gospel through the building of the ark. With every nail that was hit, every thing of wood that was cut, every nail put in, Noah was preaching the fact, get on the boat. Be saved from the condemnation coming to you. Jesus even compares himself to the ark. Because the whole point of the story is not that God gets mad at the world and, and drowns it and builds an ark just so Noah and his family and animals can live. Jesus compares himself to the ark, so that is the whole reason that humanity is discarded. The whole reason that they're condemned is not just because they were sinning in their daily lives, but because they committed the unpardonable sin, which is they didn't believe in the gospel. They didn't believe in the truth of Jesus Christ. They didn't believe and they didn't get on the boat. And not getting on the boat was the equivalent of not believing the gospel because God offered a way out of the condemnation but they turned from it they didn't believe him and it's still true today 
in the same way that Noah preached the gospel through nailing the the wood together to form this ark by calling the animals to it is the same way that Christ preached the gospel with every lash and with every nail and with every punch with the crucifixion and yet people are still not believing it not much has changed folks they didn't believe the gospel when it was presented in Noah's time and shockingly they're still not believing it today but we find absolute hope in the fact that to answer your question Old Testament saints and New Testament saints have always been saved through one method Christ they weren't saved through a lamb a random animal they were saved because it would have what because of what it pointed toward it says in Hebrews in chapter 11 the 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 almost like the museum of faith that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. And what did he have faith in? A random slayed animal? No, he had faith in the fact that there would be a Messiah to come to save him. And that that Messiah would be the ultimate lamb who was slain to take away the sins of the world. So the only difference between us on this side of the cross and Old Testament saints is that strictly we're just on different sides of the cross. The Old Testament saints looked toward the Messiah to come. The New Testament saints, me and you, we look back at what Christ has done in the same way that the Old Testament saints looked forward to what he was going to do. Well, that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I know it's been a while. Um, Thank you. Have a great day.